Welcome to the High at Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. We finally made it. It's Friday, March 17th, and today is St. Patrick's Day. It's also National Corn Beef and Cabbage Day, so I guess we know what Gretchen is making for supper. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top portion of your screen to find out where we live everywhere on the internet we also want to remind everybody that it, uh, on the stories if you have comments on them make sure you head over to our website and make sure you drop some of those comments on our website as well we're live every monday through friday on youtube and audio only on clubhouse and if you are joining us in clubhouse you can also comment on the story most recently presented if you have some brief comment in regards to that but without further ado, we're going to get this day started off. That's right. The dad way. Oh, yeah, because we have the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lamite, who just loves to sip tea on Fridays because he thinks he's been able to outsmart the Internet gangbangers in the hood. That's right. Because he's he's found a place. He's going to be moving, and he's actually going to get some fiber in his diet. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. Oh, man. Thank you, Jason. It's a beautiful Friday morning. It is St. Patrick's Day, and I got my green camos on. I'll show you guys a little bit later. But um, today, I'm going to talk about banking. It's been a long week of ups and downs for the American banking system, and several issues were debated as to what the proper direction forward would be at yesterday's Senate Finance Committee hearing. The fact crypto investors were responsible for 20% of the withdrawals that tanked New York's signature bank last Sunday prompted Colorado Democrat Michael Bennett to question Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen as to why a maturing, more stable, overregulated cannabis industry still has no access to banking and financial services. Yellen's response is something the regulators have been looking for solutions to in the case of marijuana. It is against federal law, and that's a barrier, unfortunately, to appropriate banking services for the industry. The Treasury Secretary's remarks on legalization being the problem echo those of bipartisan House of Representatives cannabis panel last week at the most recent South by Southwest conference in Austin, Texas. South Carolina Republican and Nancy Mace, uh, South Carolina Republican Nancy Mason, Colorado Democrat Earl Blumenauer were featured panelists 
And uh, while their opinions differed as to whether legalization could or would happen in the near future, both agreed it was the only path forward. May said that she doesn't have much hope legalization will happen this year. Though she did say, if it does, it would need to be done before June. After June, the focus will be on the presidential election, which could delay legalization for another two years. Blumenauer claimed to be more optimistic now um, rather than uh, eight months ago before taking shots at fellow Dems in the Senate, Chuck Schumer and Cory Booker, for not being able to bring a vote on measures passed multiple times by the House. He said that their desire for perfect legislation resulted in nothing getting accomplished. Well, there you have it, folks. Once again, the U.S. government bails out and or supports the bailing out of banks and wealthy depositors. And it's okay for said depositors to have their own regulated and unregulated assets in said institutions as long as it's not weed. Love to hear your thoughts on this one. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. You know, interesting story, Rico, because uh, Natalie Furtag, who is a journalist for Politico, she tweeted out this morning, uh, new for me today in Morning Cannabis, senators were hoping to introduce the new safe banking bill before Easter break, but that has been pushed back by the Silicon Valley bank crisis, which is expected to take up time on the Senate Banking Committee. So basically, this is taking all the air out of the room. Well, you just fill it with smoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's more the same shit, man. Um, like I said <clears throat> in my story on Monday, we need to decentralize the system, man. Got to decentralize this system. It's going to be more of the same shit over and over and over again. Uh, the ultra wealthy and the banks will always get bailed out. Rico, I still fail to see how you think the banks are being bailed out. Please tell me. They're setting. They're, they're paying off. There aren't more runs on the banks, and all the banks don't go insolvent because there's- money is coming from the banks. It's not taxpayer dollars. It technically is taxpayer we- dollars because it's from the last ba- big no, bailout. It's yep. not. Why did Joe Biden get on TV saying because he doesn't want there to be a down. run on other banks? That's the reason he's trying Why is to. It his, money? That's not his problem. It is. A, These are private institutions. If the like, American economy collapses, fail. that's a problem let for the president. What? You out of your let mind? The banks, let the banks All fail. Right. The private institutions. Once again, this highlights, this highlights the difference what between capitalism and the free market. Yes, it's not a free no, market. Capitalists, yeah. capitalists are always protected, and the individuals are basically flushed down the toilet. It's like when the uh, when the pandemic happened with the first week, they gave a trillion dollars to Wall Street and the corporations. And then the whole talk in the Senate and the Congress was like, man, we can't even find a thousand bucks for average Americans, dude. I don't know. We're like, we can't even find it, dude. Can't even find it. Yeah, we gave a trillion dollars to the guys who have all the money already. But for you, Rico St. Germain, can't find it, dude. Sorry. No, man, we don't know what happened and how many people got arrested. How many people went to jail for the 2008 crash? We're not talking about 2008. This is well, we this are. is what we are. This is this is the same shit. It's not different the toilet. same shit. Same shit different it's completely yes, it different. Same shit, different toilet. Are y'all gonna different. think it's the same shit? Y'all are out why, of why are you, mind. Why are they why are they bypassing FDIC insurance and giving giving these motherfuckers back their yep. money? If you had over two hundred fifty thousand dollars or if you were double insured over five hundred thousand dollars in the bank, that's your fucking problem. I'm period. Well aware it's your problem. However, they are trying to keep the banking system from collapsing by using a fund that is funded. Let it, yeah. Hold by on, hold the on. Let Gretchen finish. Let Gretchen finish. 
I, I just love how we love to throw away around bullshit like we know what we're talking about. That's not how, that how bullshit? it's working. It is not it's not at all like the bailout from 2008. I didn't say it's like the bailout from 2008. Oh, I said it's Mr. A, same shit, different toilet. Same yes, you are. Toilet. Yes. It's a very different situation. <laughs> and it's a very different situation. And who's getting bailed out? The ultra wealthy and the banks. Yes. All right. Okay. Banks are bailing banks out. Rico, Why? Because they benefited from not getting fucked up. Not bullshit. getting fucked up like they should have back in 2007, 2008, when I was in the fucking financial institutions. And I saw that shit firsthand. It happened with Obama. Now it's happening with fucking uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, what are you talking Same about? Same shit, what are you different talking toilet. About? What are you talking Same about? Same shit, different 2008 toilet. 2008 collapsed because of, of years themselves. and years of bad regulation, allowing people to do mortgages they could afford. The banks just setting shit up to just completely implode. That's what 2008 is. This are idiot crypto people who are just empty in banks and investors are getting scared. And so now they're running for the hills. Mm -hmm. What's the and other? So the hold on, hold on, Rico. Let me finish. What was the bank Finish. this morning they were talking about? It's a different one this morning. Oh, Republic it's on the East Coast. Uh, uh, it starts with an R. So I'm like, I think it's Republic. I don't remember. Yeah, Republic. There we go. Um, but this bank, the banks all banded together and said, we will give you $30 billion to keep your investors from running away because people do not want the banks to fail. I know you want them to fail, but I don't think we should go into another depression I didn't say I want because you think. Fail. The banks should I never just said all that. fail. Put the fucking words in my mouth. I never yes, said the banks. Yes, you did. You said I let them fail. I want them to fail. I said let them fail. Let them fail, and me Roll watching them to fail is two different things. You were the king of the flip flop. Oh my god! How was that flip flop? Yeah, yeah that is that is no, was, some big flip flops, bro. You gotta let me fucking finish. Right here, right here. I never said I want them to fail. I said they should fail. The system is capitalism, right? Let them fail, and the reason why. Chase Bank and all uh, JP Morgan Chase and all these people had the money to bail out their bank brothers is because they never fucking were able to fail in 2008. They should have fucking crashed and they should have gone down in 2008. We shouldn't be in this position that we are right now. And Dodd Frank should not have been rolled back by fucking Trump either. Period. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. What? I, I'm not saying I do not disagree the with you there. The Trump Trump go. set this up to be the shit show it is right now. However, on your 2008, let it fail, fail, don't let it fail. Tomato, tomato, you love to play semantics. That's no, it. no, no. I, Everyone just saying, let them fail and me saying I want them to fail is two very different things. It's two very different things. I don't want anybody to fail. But if you are playing a fucking game and you don't have the fucking right moves to fucking get in the, in the end zone, you're going to fucking fail. You're going to fucking lose. Period. Don't let you, them lose. Rico, don't you call yourself an anarchist? Wouldn't Either that, that or, be a reason that you want them to fail? Either that or I'm going to start spending all my money on weed and the government needs to bail me out, dude. I spent my rent money on weed, you guys. Can I get a bailout, please? Right. Can we go back to the point of the story? Uh, the point of the story is that SAFE is being pushed back because yes. they have to deal with the banks. Can the hood get $30 billion from J.P. Morgan Chase? What? Can the no, 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 but California is talking about giving 360000 to everybody in the hood. What's that? I said Reparations? Let it happen. Yeah. California's talking about giving everybody in the hood. Motherfuckers are bailing out these rich white people. Why don't you bail yeah. out us? Word. D.C. has offered to do reparations in their latest bill, which good old Joe Biden won't let them take autonomy of their fucking budget to do what they want. So the there's another failure by the Biden administration. Anyway, the point is... Safe ain't happening. Yes. Cannabis safe. Safe. Well, the other point is that cannabis has always taken a backseat. If we want cannabis to move up on the agenda of Congress, we have to make it happen.
we cannot just sit back and continue to ignore it and be like, oh, it'll get to it when they get to, or we're going to cry. Woe is me. Big Pharma has more money. I don't give a fuck. If you show up on Capitol Hill and voice your complaints in person, lots of people, and I'm not talking no January 6th stuff, we need to show them that <laughs> cannabis means business. And that we should be taken seriously, that banking is a need for this industry, regardless of how you think it should be implemented, Rico, because I know you hate safe. But banking would be a good thing for this industry and a necessary first step. I hated the original safe. Safe plus? I'm okay oh, with it. I'm, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Well, fantastic. I'm, okay with it. I'm glad you're good we're, with We're that. all worried about what you think about it. Yeah. Yep. Having no licenses or no, 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 nothing. Freedom right. market, man. If freedom okay. market, I bet. I, I yeah, bet. we want to subscribe to the same fucking system that keeps on uh, keeps on fucking us over. Yeah, we got to go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. Let's do it. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Up next is West Hollywood's right-leaning president of cannabis tourism and the industry's longest continuously operating retailer, known to many for smoking the best weed in the world and to some for keeping Matt Gates' name off this national sex offender registry. Y'all know who it is, Jason Beck. I mean, you know what it is. No victim, no case, Rico. You know exactly well that works out. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord mm -hmm. Almighty. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know what it is, too, Gretchen. But, you know, I I'm going to save it for, for your intro coming up next after this. But today, my headline comes some spice coming out of New York. Hope you guys are ready because a group of licensed medical cannabis operators file suit against a New York regulator for failing to open licensing to all applicants at the same time. A coalition of licensed medical cannabis operators has filed a lawsuit against the New York cannabis regulator, alleging it overstepped its authority and subverted the intent of the state legislature by failing to comply with provisions of the 2021 Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, the MRTA. The Cannabis Control Board and Office of Cannabis Management established policies that undermine the MRTA's uh, laudable social equity goals and hinder licensed operators from entering the market. These policies have delayed the ability of, uh, of ability of safe regulated cannabis products for medical patients and adult use consumers in this in the New York state. The Coalition for Access to Regulated and Safe Cannabis said in a statement, the group argues that the MRTA required that the OCM and CCB open the initial adult use retail dispensary license application period to all candidates at the same time. But instead, they create a program called the Conditional Adult Use Retail Dispensary, a.k.a. CURD, C-A-U-R-D, program that effectively created a new license class and allowed that group access before others. The CURD program was announced late March with the intention of granting the first licenses to individuals who had prior cannabis-related convictions that occurred in New York State. But some applicants have challenged the program, arguing it conflicts 
with the U.S. Dormant Commerce Clause, which blocks states from discriminating against interstate commerce. Well, 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 we have a fight going on here in New York. I'm excited. Man, I'm definitely, I have a few comments, but I want to see what you guys have to say. This is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think? You knew it was coming. Oh, you knew this shit was coming. You're on mute, Rico. No, I heard him. You knew this shit was coming. Oh, oh shit. My bad. Hold on. <laughs> Everybody else hear me? Yes, Rico. Loud and clear. Yes. Yeah, we, I mean, we, this has happened everywhere yes. else, so I don't know why yeah. they thought New York was going get, to get away with this. I'm not right? saying that it, that they, they shouldn't have tried to do what they do, but someone, you knew it was coming. A hundred percent you knew this was coming. This was, I'm surprised it took them so long to write all the paperwork and file the documents. Right. You know? Yeah, New York is, is just a big, big shit show. I mean, the... It's, it's just so, so, so bad on so many levels. I don't know how they're ever going to clean all of this up or what they're actually going to do to right these wrongs. And what, what do you think that is will ultimately be the outcome of this type of legislation, Gretchen? It, what, what do I look like? Well, um, I just wondered if you have a prediction. I know I have a prediction on all things. Yeah, I, I, What I would be lovely is for this to move up the chain and go to the Supreme Court and actually have someone weigh in on this. Um, but I think they're going to come back and they're going to say that uh, setting aside based on uh, whatever uh, stipulations they try to consider social equity is going to be considered unconstitutional. Yep. Social so that going to have lasting ramifications in other states that try to enact social equity programs as well. Yep. Uh, this has happened in other states. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I could see I could see this happening and trickling to a whole bunch of other states where a whole bunch of other states have to rewrite their whole social equity program just because of this type of lawsuit. Well, I don't I, I can't think of other states, Jason, unless you can inform me, other states where they put social equity at the top of the list and saying social equity was going first before everyone else. I don't recall that ever happening. Fair. Fair. But this is going. Um, um, this is this goes back to the story that I covered way back in October when I said that the dormant, uh, uh, the dormant comment, dormant commerce clause was going to end up going to the Supreme Court and it's going to nullify uh, social equity across the board. Well, it hasn't gone that far yet. It will go that far, yeah. and social equity will have to be uh, um, it will have to be sanctioned by federal government. Period. Everything else is going to fucking fail. We'll see. I don't know if the court's going to want to weigh in, frankly. I mean, it might be nice, but... I think they're ha they're going to have to because they're spreading. They don't have to do jack. Are you there's kidding me? They see like 5% of the cases that come before them. That part's true. Yeah, Just but... because it goes up the ladder doesn't mean they have to hear it. Mark my words, what is today? Uh, um, March 17th, I'm saying it's going to the Supreme Court and social equity will be deemed unconstitutional and it will fall. Okay, well, I'm, I will be old and gray before that happens, Rico and me. I mean, but if they if if they say that if they say that um if they say that social equity would be unconstitutional, couldn't they couldn't one argue that reparations would be unconstitutional as well? No, because it was promised to us by who? Forty acres never was given to anybody of color. Correct. After okay, well, slavery. not that I'm defending our wonderful, horrible government, but see how that argument worked for all the Native American tribes. Exactly. Uh, yep. I, Good, Good luck. luck with that. Exactly. Um, Good luck with that. Well, the, oh, it, we, it we shall see. I, I 
I think this might slow down the rollout of New York. I know that they have had uh, some other lawsuits going on prior to this, having to deal with their medical market. Um, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. We shall see. But I, it, it, isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how pissed off people get when their licenses get on hold? This is like the this is like the opposite of what happened in California. However, the same fucking result. The trap. Always yeah, but, but you guys get all pissy when you look at the New York market and they only have four dispensaries open. When they could be allowing adult use in these already established facilities, the folks that are listen, the folks that are in this coalition <laughs> are all of the operators now who have medical licenses yep. in the state and aren't allowed to operate in the adult use market. Mm -hmm. Maybe the rollout would be going a little better if they could get into the places where things are already up and running. But well, no, let's—it's like, what do you want? You want social equity or you want a failing market? If they did, Gretchen, they would have more than more than a dozen stores open in the state of New York at this point. They would have a lot more than a dozen stores, Jason. Back if they, saying, did they would have more than a dozen. That's all that. But I'm I under I totally understand the idea that it's you know this gives social equity applicants a, a better foothold and a chance to move up in the world. I get it. I'm I'm just I'm just uh, confused as to who was pissy about that. Nobody's pissy over here. We called it I out. I do we, recall y'all being pissy, no, we, we pissy called about it. this a couple days ago when I did the story. Oh, 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 oh rewind the tape. Yeah. Rewind the tape. Uh, Let's go back to what's it Wednesday, I believe it was, when I did the Forbes article that called out the New York market for sucking because they went ahead with just social equity, which was the reason they only have four licensed dispensaries in the entire state. I was gonna say I, we know it wasn't yesterday. I personally was not pissed it was on Wednesday. about it. I was just saying we we called that shit and I said Governor Hochul said that 20, her words, 20 retail operations will be opened month to month. And that has not happened. Well, that's fantastic. I, They've I got, forget how many that. it is. 68, 67 licenses have been issued. We're waiting for them to get their shit together. Yep. Still waiting. Yeah, they have had uh, how many photo ops? And Kathy Hochul still has not. Why Why is it on the governor to get these businesses up and running? Well, because she's the one that's doing all the they issued, they issued the licenses. Open your doors. Mm -hmm. Open your mind. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, it just drives me nuts. Everybody, you want the government to stay out of it, but then you want the government to help you open up. Take your pick. I just want them to hold themselves accountable. That never happens. How are they not holding think... themselves accountable? They, they've issued the licenses. It's I'm their job now to open the stores. It's their job to hold everybody's hand. It's their job to give them money to function. Are you kidding me? This is why this industry doesn't fucking work. I want no, to see like, at the hotel like, go and buy some weed in one of these stores. Yeah, or at least buy a grinder. Yeah, something. Oh. something. The New York market it's totally good. works and is crushing. The only thing that doesn't work is a regulated market. But like, uh, well, if, right. if you need Touché, good weed, Matthew, Saint if you need Touché. good weed, you can get it delivered. You can get it on the street corner. You can get it at the bodegas. Mm -hmm. The thing that's happening is the government is completely inefficient and is just trying to harvest the, all of the money and making the the industry completely unworkable. So people, what what people just constantly are spacing is like folks like myself and my friends. We've been doing this for decades, and 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 hiding and surviving and thriving and do it well when it was it was motherfuckers on both sides either cops or robbers with machine guns in our head so you 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 make the the penalty a guy with a clipboard that's talking about possibly finding somebody it's not really that scary and and the folks here who who can't who can't put together five million bucks because they don't have the lucky friend with the with the checkbook who's you know dad made them an entrepreneur they're doing fine 
They're making quality flour. They're making quality hash. They're going on vacation to Hawaii. I know because I watch them on Instagram. They're able to pay for their health insurance. They're their able kids. to go to cannabis. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like it's like people get so hung up on needing permission to do things. And if you're not lying, cheating, stealing, hurting another person, or throwing trash on the ground, you sleep a little bit every week. Do what you're gonna do. Stop waiting for permission. It's a plant, y'all. Hell yeah, man. Big ups, big ups to those comments. Uh Mr. Saint Germain. Well, we're gonna keep this party rolling. Yeah, we're gonna keep it rolling. Coming up next, that's right. We have our very own little redheaded Washington insider, Gretchen Gailey, who happens to be back after a long escapade with none other than Sean Kernan, our, one of our favorite veterans with Weed for Warriors, and she happens to be wearing his hoodie today. So I'm really anxious, Gretchen. Can you tell us about your date yesterday with Mr. Sean Kernan and Weed uh, for Warriors? Sean and I went to a wonderful event at the British Embassy. Mm -hmm. uh, about uniting us, about uh, using artwork uh, to help veterans uh, uh, deal with their 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 medical issues and their reentry into uh, the space, and it was it was very nice to see uh, the Brits and the Americans coming together, Jason, after we kicked their asses twice. Oh yeah, I'm my with... ancestors did that. Yeah, America. Anyway, America, yeah, <laughs> uh, <I'll pass. laughs> my. Pow, pow, yada, yada. My headline is coming from, in honor of Mr. Kiernan, my headline is coming from the Associated Press. <laughs> wow. Wow. He did a number on you. We had a lovely time. Sean is, 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 is a lovely gentleman. He even put on a, a jacket for me the other night to go to dinner. Amazing. I bet I bet Nick is probably just enraged right now. No. Anyways. Over there. The headline is Kentucky Senate passes bill to legalize medical marijuana. The Kentucky Senate voted Thursday to legalize medical marijuana in the state, delivering a breakthrough endorsement after years of resisting access to cannabis for people suffering from a series of debilitating illnesses. The measure was passed by the Senate on a 26 to 11 vote, sending it to the House which has supported medical cannabis measures in the past. Republicans have supermajorities in both chambers. This is one of those issues where you take out the ledger and you list the pros and cons, said Republican Senate Stephen West, the bill's lead sponsor. And it's a long list on both sides. But for me personally, the pros outweigh the cons. Republican Senator Gary Boswell opposed the bill, referring to cannabis as a drug, not a medicine. He said the qualifying medical categories listed in the measure are too broad. The dramatic vote came before lawmakers started an extended break to give Governor Andy Bashir time to consider signing or vetoing the stacks of bills sent to him. The House can take up the medical marijuana proposal in late March when lawmakers will reconvene for the final two days of this year's legislative session. I could go on and on, but basically the gist is, I know you guys like a uh, long story short, uh, Kentucky Senate passed legal cannabis. Jason Beck's going to owe me another hundred bucks quite soon. This Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. Jason is going to owe you another 100 bucks. Yes, sir. Big shout Probably out. I don't even remember that bet. What? What? Nothing. Yeah. Big shout out to Kentucky, though. Yay, Kentucky. We, we, we expect him to sign this bill. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Bashir's going to sign it. Yeah. Uh, is it going to get out of the house or how is the house going to change it or amend it? Manipulate I mean, it? We're already hearing the uh, one Republican saying that they have too many. Uh, ailments that are being covered. 
So we'll see what they do to it. But I think there's too much support, frankly, for cannabis in Kentucky right now to not pass. That's me. It's a win. It's a, it's a win. And, so if this passes by March, into March, you're going to see legal, medical, legal cannabis in Kentucky by April. Awesome. Let's do it. Hold on. You're going to see legal medical cannabis for sale by April. Well, it's probably going to be some wonderful booth indoor weed like Sean Kiernan gave me to smoke from yours. Oh, Truly. Shucks. That was terrible. Didn't get me high. Didn't do Jack. So full of nothing, Jason. Jack. So I was like, this is weed? You are so full of A waste of my lungs. You know what? You guys FaceTime me, okay? And I saw your your eyes were matching the color of your hair. You're just you're just you're just taking uh, into the propaganda of Washington D.C. Uh, Sean Kiernan can attest to I oh smoked, nothing happened. Uh, the eyes oh, match no. the curtains. The eyes match the curtains. The eyes match the hair. <laughs> I need the outdoor. Don't give me that indoor booth, Jason. Uh, outdoor trash. All, booth. all trash. Oh, oh. we need to reacclimate your palate. <laughs> need to get recalibrated. Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. I got yeah. nothing. Move along. Let's keep the show rolling. Gotta, Dr. Talleyrand looks like he's got some good stuff to say. Yeah, okay. Dr. Talleyrand, do you have anything on this? No. Congratulations, Kentuckians. Hopefully this goes through. That's mm. all I have to say about that. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown at High 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any of its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, Call Gretchen Gailey. If you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our terps don't lie. Yes, and please remember that if you do have comments on today's stories, make sure you head over to highat9news.com and share them there. But coming up next, this doctor has been around so long that he probably wrote your parents' medical cannabis recommendation. This doctor has had more patients than liberals waiting in line at a President Biden book signing. He's the founder of Medican and co-founder of CESC, the nonprofit cannabis research organization. That's right. It's other than the Dr. Gene Talleyrand. Thanks, Jason. Happy Friday, everyone. 
so my headline today is When Will Medicare Cover Medical Marijuana? by Kate Ashford from AP News. So first of all, I'm not a fan of the word marijuana. The article uses it almost exclusively. So as I read you this story, I'm going to use the word cannabis, if you don't mind. Uh, many older adults are using medical cannabis to treat a variety of conditions, but experts say that conflicting laws, unclear safety standards, and complicated rulemaking processes mean it could be years before Medicare may cover the drug. One in five Medicare recipients currently use, uses medical cannabis, according to an April 2022 poll by the Medicare Plans Patient Resource Center, and nearly a quarter have used it in the past. Two-thirds of Medicare recipients think Medicare should cover it, the poll found. But Medicare doesn't cover medical cannabis because it's not federally legal and not approved by the FDA. Here's what, where the situation stands. In one analysis of data from a large cannabis dispensary in New York, 60% of patients were 50 years old or older. The patients used cannabis for severe or chronic pain, cancer, Parkinson's disease, and neuropathy, among other things. And cannabis isn't cheap. Patients might pay as much as $5 per dose for edible products, or $5 to $10 per gram of flour. Even in states where medical cannabis can be legally prescribed, patients might not be able to afford the prescription. The medicine is so expensive, says Debbie Tragai, Executive Director of Americans for Safe Access. There are some states now where insurance will cover the cost of the doctor visit or the cost of the cannabis card, but no insurance will cover the cost of the actual products. Two significant issues stand between medical cannabis and Medicare coverage. The first is that government classifies cannabis as Schedule I drug. And the second issue is that Medicare requires that the FDA approve a covered drug as safe and effective. Although the FDA has approved one cannabis-derived drug product and three synthetic cannabis-related drug products for prescription use, the agency hasn't approved the marketing of cannabis for medical treatment. Could private insurances, companies that offer Medicare Advantage, for instance, decide to cover it? Not likely, says Kyle Yeager, a cannabis policy reporter and senior editor of Marijuana Moment. Like banking institutions that have hesitated to cover services to cannabis businesses, major health insurance will likely decline to cover cannabis as long as it remains a Schedule I drug under federal law. Among other things, the mar marketplace needs more data on the medicinal use of cannabis. Insurers need data to show that the outcomes from cannabis care are equivalent to, if not better than, existing options that they do cover, says Dr. Benjamin Kaplan. The free market dispensary system in which patients are free to buy any product. The system has to be tweaked, Kaplan says. Patients can't just have carte blanche to buy whatever they want, and the insurance companies are on the hook to cover that. Considering the breadth of legal and regulatory obstacles facing the process, plus an overhaul of the dispensary system, the road to cannabis coverage is lengthy, says Yeager. I'd say we are many years from having that conversation and rulemaking for something like Medicare. So what do you think? 
Will Medicare start paying for cannabis? This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for Hyatt 9 News. It should. It definitely should. It should, but that's years off, unfortunately. Yeah. I, Dr. Talleyrand, do you think you'll see that? You think you'll see it in your lifetime, Dr. T? Yeah, I do. I, you know, I, I see patients and Medicare covers my opinion when I see the patients. So that part is a start. But, you know, this is a business, right? And whether you call it a drug or a behavior, which is what I call it, uh, you know, if the behavior is saving the insurance company's money and we're proving that it's saving money by reducing the cost for pharmaceuticals mm. uh, and patients are benefiting from it, then maybe this behavior can be covered, right? Uh, so that's the way I see Dr. Talleran, what is... Um... How, how, how do, do they cover any other alternative treatments, would you say? Uh, no, no. Not, not, not at all. Uh, yeah, alternative treatments, although I'm a big fan of them, that we need data. And, you know, people who are doing alternative treatments are not really supported uh, with the research. So that's part of the problem is that we need to back data. But Acupuncture is covered. Uh, yeah. Uh, some chiropractors covered, if you consider that alternative, um, but they have data behind it. And I think we could easily get data behind cannabis. I mean, it's there. What would be what would we need to do to actually get some real data to, to, to move towards this, do you think would be like the first step, Dr. T? What I would do is simply gather all the patients that are using cannabis, demonstrate how many prescription medicines they're using, and then and compare them to people who are not using cannabis uh, and just uh, really uh, show them the money, show them what the difference cost is for, and by them, I mean the insurance companies. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that the uh, private insurance companies are gonna go for it first, but eventually Medicare is gonna see that they're saving uh, money. And so I am more optimistic, you know, uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I didn't think we'd be where we are. Um, and we've made a lot of progress, although I thought it'd be faster after it got going. So I am optimistic, but I think there's a way uh, and they're sort of outlining the way. Interesting. I have a question for you, Dr. Talleyrand. On the research side, when they want more research, does it have to be new research that's conducted by them? Can we use things from other countries? Does it have to be, do they have certain parameters they're looking for? I love what the UK is doing. You know, they're doing a lot of, with their registry, they're doing a lot of observational study and, uh, you know, real world evidence is what I like to call it. And I know a lot of people, especially the pharmaceutical company, are calling for double blind, randomly controlled trials. But first, observational study to say, hey, you know, people are using cannabis and not uh, doing better with it not uh, uh, spending money on pharmaceuticals, um, you know, better outcomes. So, um, so there's something to this. Um, um, let's investigate further. That's what I would do. And that's what the UK is doing. So I'd say would, you should follow the lead. Would the FDA accept something from the UK? That's my question. Well, or does it have FDA, to be American? No, FDA won't accept anything from the UK. And, I, and also the FDA is problematic. I mean, they're sort of the safety police, right? They're looking to see if things are safe. No fun um, zone. 
Yeah, and they've got a very limited way of looking at things, you know, molecule by molecule, as Jason likes to say. Yeah. Yes. And so they're a troubling agency to rely on to um, to get this through, um, unless they create a separate track for cannabis, which they've kind of talked about. Yeah, maps maps.org uh, just had their uh, clinical study, their phase two clinical study on veterans with PTSD and cannabis put on clinical hold by the FDA. And it's been on hold for eight, nine months or more. So uh, maps.org is doing some really good work. One way to support is to, you know, call your senator, call your congressman, talk to him about the FDA just releasing the hold on this trial. The, the, the phase one trial went really well, but phase one is just more investigatory. Um, but everybody wants this thing to go forward. So, like, get involved, get active, call somebody. Dr. Is trying to make it happen. Dr. T, did you say a separate track or a separate yeah. trap? No. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, by the way, MAPS is a great organization, but what I tell MAPS is stop trying to go down a, a path that is really built not to work. I'd say jump to phase four. Do phase four trial, do market surveillance, and and um, and show the FDA that and see what they say. Interesting. We do have also too. We have uh, Mark Pop Brothers at Law joining us in Clubhouse. Mark, do you have something to say on this? Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never gonna happen, huh? I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I've said this before. In 1996, when I became an attorney in Prop 215 hit California and everybody five years before federal legalization. Yay. Five years. And then what, what was it? 2012. And then Colorado does adult use before California. Hey, five years adult. It's going to be federal five years. Never tell me something that's going to be different and why I should believe that this is finally going to happen in my lifetime. Well, you know, Matt, the law may not happen. Absolutely. But de facto, there are 37 states that where people can access medical cannabis. Uh, so the fact, though, people are, are accessing this product now where they couldn't before. So I think that that's progress in some ways. Uh, you know, maybe the law is going to take forever to get there. But, uh, but as long as people are not having to um, uh, are, are able to get their cannabis and also you know, getting maybe the private insurance companies to pay for it um, without FDA approval. You know, call it a behavior. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I, d I definitely want that access for everybody, but it also kind of makes my point. 36 of the states, what the hell? Why aren't we at federal? And we already know there's, you know, if you count CBD and other things, there's other states that are allowing it to happen all across the country, but yet... Still no federal legalization because those in power, those in office are not listening to their constituents. They don't care. They care about their own interests. And so that's why I just until we get a new breed of people in those positions, then 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 we'll see change. Until then, I just don't see it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got to find other ways around it. Uh, so hopefully we can put our heads together and, and, and get there for the sake of the patient, at least, huh? Absolutely. Most definitely. Most definitely. We got to go to a quick commercial. We're going to be right back.
with us, Rico? Oh yeah. Hold on, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Up next, he is a immortal cannabis wizard who's seen it all, and it's the reason he's never scared to call out the oligarchal system and systemic injustices that have harmed us all. With over three decades of an industry experience behind him, he's now co-host of the What's Good podcast and tuning in from an unknown dimension. You know who it is, Matthew St. Germain. You're on mute. You're on mute. Oh, there we go. That's so much better. Thanks, all. Thanks, Rico. Happy Friday. Um, I've got a great story, I think. It comes out of high times, and it's that uh, there's a new bill being introduced that would uh, target inflated THC levels and price gouging. There's been enormous pressure to inflate THC levels. Uh, this has fallen upon cultivators, manufacturers, and labs. And when THC levels are inflated, it would create unrealistic, uh, unrealistic expectations for higher numbers, and it erodes trust in the integrity of the industry. One California lawmaker has a solution. On March 15th, Assemblyman Reggie Jones-Sawyer, a Democrat, introduced Assembly Bill 1610 in California, which he calls Weed Out the Weed Bill. This will create greater transparency in cannabis testing and hopefully help eliminate fraud in the legal markets. He says, as consumers, we all want to know what we purchase is safe, legal, and tested. That is why I introduced AB 1610. As the cannabis industry continues to grow in California, my bill will help protect consumers and maintain high-quality cannabis products. The testing company SE Labs is sponsoring AB 1610 because it would improve transparency in the market by allowing or requiring in-person lab audits, randomized product shelf testing to ensure cannabis labels are accurate, and blind proficiency testing of labs. SC Labs is supporting this bill because without greater engagement from the state, there is no way to hold bad actors accountable, says SC Labs Chief Compliance Officer Josh Wurzer. Under the current system, bad actor labs and brands profit over companies that are working hard to follow the rules. Wurzer continued, We want the legalized market to thrive as it's come under a lot of pressure recently from reduced prices and the persistence of illicit markets. Greater trust and transparency in legalized products will boost consumer confidence, ensure public safety, and strengthen the legal markets. The proposed reforms in the bill are common sense measures, Wurzer says, that will strengthen existing laws and give regulators the tools they need to stamp out fraud. These include requiring blind proficiency testing so that labs are tested on their accuracy within their normal course of business, requiring all past recalls to be publicly shared online for consumers to access easily, requiring in-person annual audits of laboratories. That uh, This is something other states do that California has not yet done allowing for the randomized testing of products available for retail sale to identify inconsistencies in testing. Prices for legal lane flour are determined by THC content. Companies lab shop to get the highest THC level possible. What's really happening is consumers are getting gouged for prices when they think they're getting a higher amount of THC than what is really in their product. Just how rampant is this? A few labs that were fed up with rampant, rampant potent, potency inflation and, re, and they recently set out to determine how bad the issue was. Their sampling of over 150 randomly chosen flower products by several lab leaders found that 87% of the products illegally overstated their THC content, and several also contained harmful levels of pesticides. Furthermore, now this is where it gets crazy, over half of the samples were over 20% deviant of their labeled THC values, which is only twice over the legal permitted variance. California's state threshold for variance in THC reporting from what you get from the lab is plus or minus 10%. But companies often illegally surpass that margin of error. Uh, at least five class action lawsuits have been filed in recent months by consumers claiming damages for paying for artificially high THC levels. Some major and recognizable cannabis brands were called out. 
Some people are, are essentially getting less THC than what's on the label. Trust, uh, and when they do, when that happens, pardon me, trust will fall apart. Uh, this is Matthew St. Germain stumbling through operating my mouth for the Hyatt News on Friday. Um, I have quite a bit to add to this, and I hope you all too. So I'm going to give the floor to you first, folks. I, I have a question. I have a question on this for you, Matthew. Sure. So, so I understand that they don't want to, for people to be able to use uh, inflated THC percentages. I understand that. But are they saying that you're, the price that you're going to be allowed to charge is based off of well, I don't understand the price. Yeah, that part I didn't yeah. really. That part I, I think it, was more it implied. Should it should read. It should. It should read. Tax gouging is how it should read. Bam! Totally agree. <laughs> 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 I totally agree. I, I taxes. do agree with that. And there's, I don't there's think no, there's no profits really in selling weed like that, especially with 280e yeah, no. and all the different taxes that we have to pay on local and state levels is just erroneous. I think, I think I think that what the government pricing is it to do, has to deal with the wholesale uh, value. So, yeah, they're, they're trying to they're trying to tie the the, the high prices to um, uh, uh, to the inflated uh, THC. They, 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 and that's they ridiculous too, though, because it's like look look at the alcohol industry. You, the the government yeah. doesn't tell alcohol manufacturers or bottlers or distillers what they can charge for their product. If you want to charge a thousand dollars for a shot of tequila, you can. Eh, Let me well, tell you something. Exactly. The average the average pound of a price of weed. Right now on the wholesale market, Gretchen in California for mm -hmm. indoor fire is around a thousand to twelve hundred bucks. Okay. okay. That's your that's your average flower cost. Yeah, it gets a little higher, yeah. you know, fifteen, Got sixteen it. a can, whatever. But um, but in so now you can't tell me that people that are selling selling product mm -hmm. that 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 they're price gouging when those numbers are those numbers. I'm no, not, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying this story is suggesting the price gouging is coming from if a, a product has a higher content that they're charging more for it. If That's I'm a business operator and I believe that I can get a higher price for a product, I should be able to charge a higher Correct. price. Well, Jason, you, I mean, yep. Jason, you're the expert here. Tell us, uh, do, do people just come like, to you? And, like, no, but, 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 but okay. let me ask the question. Go ahead. Do you have distributors come to you and try and charge you more for uh, strains with a higher content? Do they do that? Or yes or no? Uh, I, I have seen uh, lots of menus that 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 prices vary on different SKUs. Yes, 100%. Would you say that it averages towards higher for a higher THC content? Yeah, but at the same time, I've seen plenty of menus where all all of the uh, all of the products are at the same price, regardless of THC. So I've, I've, I've seen both. And so what I'm saying is that if, if I if let, let, let's kind of take this outside of cannabis yeah. and let's put this into an agricultural perspective. OK, but, hold on. No, but, but, but it is it is exactly what we're talking about. And I'm going to show you out. It's following me down this path. Let's follow me to this. the farmer's market, Gretchen. OK, I'm here. Or I'm going to go and find some heirloom tomatoes okay, okay. from Farmer John. OK. And Farmer John ha says, hey, you know what? I have this other small batch area that the tomatoes come out really nice, all the everything, right? But I'm going to sure. charge an extra $2 a pound for these tomatoes, right? And he has two different two different products that he both cultivated, both produced as an agricultural product. And guess what? Sure. He is inflating the cost of these tomatoes when it all cost him all the same thing, regardless of where, where he's doing this at. And so my point is, is that we should allow businesses and operators to be able to sell their goods at whatever we they believe the market will bear so you're for price gouging based on THC content i mean that's capitalism right there 
it's, it's, it's not price gouging. It is I'm following the market. It's not price gouging. But, no. Yeah. I think I think that the I think the the, the 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 use of the word price gouging is really just inaccurate in that article, and it's probably it just be tax a, gouging. It's tax just gouging the, that's the fault of the writer, right? I don't think it's even that part of it is specifically targeted in the bill. Well, and, quick and, question, Saint Germain: Is please. this coming from the writer, or is it coming from the bill from the assemblyman? Uh, it, that that price gouging was just something the assemblyman said, okay. but these guys really don't understand how the market works. And what 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 I would say has probably happened is enough of his constituents have come to him and say, "Hey, we're having to buy by THC price. We're having to lab shop and kind of filled out the uh, the the basics." And then he might have substituted the idea. It's not that the, even that people are price gouging. It's a lot of dispensaries just have cutoff points of THC, like. If it's not 25 plus, I won't even buy it regardless of the Yeah, it will price. never hit our shelf. Yeah, we can't and, and this, this continues to just to, to this points at the at the immaturity of the market and the the, the need to educate consumers because mm -hmm. it's the same thing as if you were to go to a liquor store and you're only buying Schlitz malt liquor and, and fortified wine. You know, it's the same thing. And I only want always there. That's the other thing I always point out is, is it's up to more people to stop terming everything and like getting fucked up and this whole sure. like escape mechanism and really everyone try to educate folks on getting high getting activated actually the using experience. cannabis to tune into your body and to the world around you and to up level your being once you're trying to up level yourself with cannabis you realize it's an aesthetic sensed based experience like wine like good food like other things that are are, are connoisseur or lifestyle categories and so you're not just trying to buy it to get fucked up. If you are, then get like a high dose edible or a tincture. If you're buying flour, you're buying for the uh, the aesthetic experience. What is the color? What are the color variances? What does it look like? What does it smell like? Does it have big trichomes or little trichomes? There, there's all of these steps and stages that lead to and through the enjoyment of cannabis and into getting activated that need to be shown to the consumers because I think a lot of people – contact cannabis for a variety of reasons, but when you reflect back to them, these things, and it turns these things that they might have not looked at in their own life, it turns these sense experiences on for them. So I think it's really up to all of us to continue to push the message of it's not about getting fucked up. It's not about escaping. And it's not about just buying the, the, the hardest hammer and less taxes, like Jason's saying, would allow people who are on the lower rungs of the economic ladder currently to really enjoy shopping for something more than THC percentage because they're just trying to not get ripped off and get high at all for their money. Now, St. Germain, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Totally. And I've heard from, and Dr. Taylor Rand, I'm sure will back this up, that many folks are getting good medical benefits from lower contents and people do not have to be completely ripped out of their mind. I'd like to talk a little more about another aspect of this bill. Are, is this bill suggesting they're going to go after the labs and not the brands yes. then for yes. yeah. mislabeling? Yes, ma'am. That's you, and that's is, why they're. Do you think that's going to work? Uh, I, I think it's necessary. Um, is it going to work one hundred percent? No, nothing ever works one hundred percent. People always find a way to skirt the laws, but I think it's one hundred percent necessary because everybody's just getting so tired of like, say, this lighter is a is a bud. You know what I mean? And yeah. like people kind of trying to come and tell me like this much is THC. It's like, no, it's not. When I break it open, you know, it's not all THC no way. inside yeah. the stem. Like, this is not happening. And, and so I think it really, for consumers to be educated and to trust dispensaries and to trust folks in the cannabis lane, these labs have to be held to account and be producing somewhat closer to one-to-one -to -one realities of what the, the contents of the terpenes and the cannabinoids in their product are, or, or where is there ever going to be trust? Can I tell you what's going to end up happening? Can I tell you what's going to end up happening with with some with a situation like that, Matthew? Sure. 
is all of a sudden there's going to be a revolt of customers in stores because they're going to be like, you guys don't can't sell anything that's going to get me high enough because they, right. the placebo effect has already kicked in their mind. And then you're going to have all the trappers that are just taking these old labels and re recopying them and putting them on their bags saying, Hey, my weed is, I got my weed tested. I'm on the streets and they, my stuff's testing 45% THC. And then all of a sudden the streets are just going to cannibalize. Bro, the streets don't care about numbers, bro. I, I haven't had yeah. a single person buy a bag of any size and be like, what's the, let what's me, the let me, COA? Let me tell you they literally like, <laughs> let me see it. Let me smell it. This is amazing. Let's when smoke it. Oh, my God, it smokes amazing. Numbers. I'll take them. When people start asking for numbers on the streets, nobody asks for happen. them. Nobody asks for them. It's inevitable. They don't. The numbers, well, the numbers so are a pure fiction that was instituted by dispensary owners in California. And it was the majority of the dispensary owners in California who are only after money, don't give a fuck about weed even if they smoke it. And they're the ones that did this. And that's why, like, for myself, until I went fully in the legal game and decided to ruin my whole life, uh, I never messed with the dispensaries when I was growing weed because they never had to, bro. And they all operated like pawn shop brokers. So really, right. it's it's still the fault of the dispensaries. And there are a few exceptions. Some dispensary owners are different. There's I, I have a couple friends who they're watching this are pissed at me now. There are a couple that are different, <laughs> including Mercy Wellness, right? Like Brandon from Mercy Wellness. We shout out to Brandon out there. But yeah, they're, they're working with SC Labs yeah. and all of their cannabis is clearly marked with terpene types. And they downregulate all of the THC information and they print all of the terpene percentages in big numbers. And that is Joseph because down here because the terpenes are so volatile. Terpene percentages are a much better, not the best, but a better indicator of quality. Right. Dispensary owners, really, well, I, I just well, throw the, the gauntlet of the if I any dispensary owner, I see take your THC numbers off of your menus and teach your bud tenders right. to actually educate your consumers. Until you have until you have consumers that stop paying top dollar for high THC levels, yep. it's just going to keep on going, period. OK, random question. How many how many anybody have any idea how many labs are in California? I'd say, many. I'd say a couple hundred. A lot? The interweb, a couple yeah. hundred. Yeah. A couple hundred. Okay. And then who's going to regulate this? I mean, where is this army of people question. who are going to go out there Great and actually question. test this stuff? Because the state is definitely not getting on them. The, the, well, the issue is labeling inaccuracies, right? That's the issue. And it's a very simple answer. You have to create the appropriate SOP for sampling because people are cherry picking certain buds. And that's why the prices are high. You've got, you've got to create an SOP for your standards. You can't use old standards because the older standard you use, the higher your THC will report. This is a very simple fix. You just have to introduce it to the labs and say, this is your new SOP. And we're done with the inaccurate labeling. And by the way, var variance of 10% is too tight. It's got to be 15%. But besides really? that, it's a simple fix. Yeah, food is 15%. But that's just, uh, that's just uh, so that's just, it just hits at the ridiculousness. So you can get, I can get a flower that tests at 15% and then I can label it 25%. Like where, where does that, that I mean, have any correlation to reality then? 15% of the, of the, uh, so uh, let's Fi see, Oh, you're saying 15% of, of, of the, of the, of the test result is oh, the total number. Yes. Yeah. So a 20%, which is most flowers are about 20% THC. If you're seeing 35% yep. THC, that's a lie. Yep. I mean, I we don't see that. And so the 35% is BS. Uh, and a variance of 15% means 
that it's anywhere between 23.5 and let me do my math and 16.5. Oh, 15% of that number, not an additional 15 percentage points. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Gretchen, Gretchen, the number is uh, over 800 licensed cannabis. Good luck, you know, policing this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. I mean, well, not, not to mention too, but but Dr. T, in regards with the testing, I mean, there is no standardization that these labs have to calibrate their machines at, as far as a statewide standardization. At the same time, and doesn't that lead to this type of situation as well? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, we told the DCC years ago what to do. I mean, it's a simple answer, but you know, it's politics. People don't listen. They do what they want to do, and here we are. Hmm. Interesting. Oh boy! <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Hold on one second, We're at- one second re- real quick, Rico. I want to make sure that everybody tunes in on Monday because I have a breaking news exclusive story for everybody on Monday. Oh, yeah. yeah. They make the news and we break the news. But thank you all out there for tuning in with us for yet another episode of High at Nine News. You can always catch us on weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience and member, uh, live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team from tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. To our production team, thank you, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and the wonderful Jaja Simone holding things down on the daily over there in Clubhouse, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. We were pretty good today for the most part, I think so. And to our haters, as many of you all know, the NCAA tournament has started yesterday, and I hope you betted way more than you should have, and all your brackets have already busted. Go Cats. And finally, Cannabis Sativa L, even though they don't want to let us legally bank your value, we know that you're you're worth way more than man-made banks could ever account for. Thank you for giving us purpose. It's Friday, March 17th, 2023. The show is over and you've been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to put in your pipe to smoke, at least until Monday. Y'all know who it is. Rico Lamy, the dopest dad on the street, signing off. And before we do that, Matthew St. Germain, you got the final word today. What you got for us, man? Go to nature. Breathe. The answers are inside all of us. Inside all of us is the wild heart of nature. Thanks, y'all. Happy Friday. Love y'all.